Hello, this is Elizabeth Spring from NorthNodeAstrology.com, and today I'm going to be doing part two of Healing the Wounded Heart. So if you haven't listened to the first part, you may want to go back to um, that episode before us, which is on NorthNodeAstrology.com. And uh, I hope that you folks who are going through issues of the heart will have a listen and a think and let me know how you feel about it. Here we go. Bye-bye for now. Hello again. This is Elizabeth Spring from NorthNodeAstrology.com. If you're looking for any of the old podcasts uh, or the archived podcasts, they are all there at NorthNodeAstrology.com. Uh, so today, um, this is part two of Healing the Wounded Heart. Uh, if you missed part one, you probably want to listen to that first. So let's begin. That was what I wrote at the time of my separation. That was published in Spirit of Change magazine, and four years later, I wrote this for the same magazine. Quote, 20 years married, four years divorced, and now we're six months into serious dating again. It's not an uncommon scenario, but it certainly is one that makes people smile when we tell them our divorce didn't work out. Like a good ending to a movie, love can survive. Some people can heal. We're hoping we can. Many years ago, when I wrote that story about the ending of our marriage, it was my way of making sense of what didn't make sense, a good marriage that unraveled for no apparent reason. I thought it was a brave attempt to delve into the discrepancy between the overt and the covert facts. The shock of our mutual choice to separate had sent me into a state of withdrawal and grieving, which I called cocooning, and simultaneously challenged me to be in the world in a new way, wounded but not whining. It took a consistent and at times faltering effort to do that, to not shame or blame him or myself. I can simply say now that we didn't know how to do it any better at the time. The question has come around again, and the answer remains to be seen. How do we know how to do it better at this point? Have we really grown in such a way that we can now remarry? We're hoping the answer is yet, yes, but we don't really know. Our story is not an unfamiliar one, yet the reasons people reunite can be quite varied. Loneliness and dismay at the dating experience are obvious reasons but that wasn't our primary experience. My husband had loved and lived with a woman for most of those four years, and although he was never engaged, they appeared to be blissfully happy. They bought a lovely country house together and moved out of state. I, too, made a valiant attempt at happiness, becoming engaged to a man after a two-year court courtship. But I found myself missing my old life at the strangest times. I would be the last to think I would be beset by heartache while vacationing in Italy on the shores of Lago Maggiore with my new fiancé. But these moments did occur, and eventually I broke off my wedding engagement six weeks before the marriage. 
I do regret having hurt my fiancé, and yet I could not seem to change the course of my destiny, although I tried. So both of our new relationships were serious attempts to disengage from each other, and they each failed. Why? Perhaps getting before getting to why, I should explain how we got back together. After I broke up my engagement, I went away on vacation by myself. And in the process of slowing down and allowing myself to really feel and assess my life, I noted over breakfast one day that I seriously missed my ex-husband. So I wrote him a letter right then telling him that there was a split in my life that I felt no other man could heal. I wrote that we felt like an unfinished story and that the bittersweet weight of our mutual history was deeply within me. I felt that I had been tragically severed by our mutual decision to separate. I waited and we talked a bit, but him t- it took him six months before I got a serious reply from him. He found himself unexpectedly in tears one day while browsing through the Hallmark cards. The anniversary cards were too much for him to bear. He too felt that our story was unfinished. So he called for a date. Was it nostalgia? Maybe. And forgive me if I sound too romantic, but we've come to believe that we never really stopped loving each other. Perhaps we simply weren't conscious enough to see that a midlife crisis, a passing depression, or a growing apart are events that can be part of a marriage and not a reason to end it. We needed a healing and a time apart but we came dangerously close to losing each other altogether. Why couldn't we commit ourselves to our other loves? Since I don't believe in accidents, but do believe in choice, I believe we needed to do exactly what we did. We needed to experience in our new relationships what was missing in our partner to see if that made a difference. And so we found partners who supplied qualities each of us lacked. He found an emotionally supportive, consistently cheerful woman who, yes, even looked like me and who helped him feel safe enough to do some inner work and therapy. She was not as demanding as I had been. And yet I had found a man who liked to read, travel, and talk intimately about everything. He said yes to many of my dreams. And although he looked nothing like my husband, I must admit he had some of the same traits Being an astrologer, I once jokingly prayed to God to never send me another Virgo. Well, he was a double Virgo. Who knows best what we need? It's still a mystery, the way love is a mystery. Yet it seems to be less the fault of the significant other and more about how we felt about ourselves in our marriage. Why did we come back together? I've often simply said that we were deeply rooted in our shared history and felt at home in the same soil. And so the transplant, the divorce, simply didn't work. But I think we were still haunted by our original love and our vows to hang in there through thick and thin. Perhaps we had also learned to see love as being bigger than the times when it feels romantically good or when it feels depressingly bad. We had both gone into therapy individually, and perhaps now we were more able to take responsibility for our emotions. My husband also explains that therapy 
gave him a language toolbox that he could use with me so that we could speak the same language and put our words into feelings. The negative patterns of our South Notes had emerged under stress and exhaustion, and it took time, humility, and suffering for both of us to reach out to each other again and to reach for the healing hints embedded in each of our North Nodes. We were so numbed by our suffering in the beginning that we couldn't see what was being asked of us or how we could bring in those nodal qualities that had a lot to do with both of our south nodes being in the eighth house. That's the the house that is normally ruled by Scorpio. Unconsciously, we may have experienced eighth house trauma and disappointment. We had not attained the self-confidence in ourself that the north node in the second house bestows. We fell back on our default eighth house, and so we truly died before we were reborn. Eventually, we found and embraced a new way of being together. Last weekend, I was at a craft festival helping my ex sell his pottery. As I was wrapping up a pot in a newspaper, I spotted a recently published article on Ramdas, the spiritual spokesperson for many baby boomers. Three years ago, just before the massive stroke that severely challenged his ability to speak, he was told by his editor that his new book was too glib and not visceral or deep enough. Today, he sees his stroke as a, quote, fierce grace, which allowed him to know and respect the extreme suffering and vulnerability that can come with age. People close to him noted that the stroke changed him, making him more humble and compassionate. The truth is that it nearly destroyed his faith. As I read the article, the similarities between a near-death experience, such as a stroke, and the psychic earthquake of, of a divorce resonated in me. The shock to the system, the tearing away of illusions and vanity, and the vulnerability must be experienced to be known. At these times, the soul's ruthless orchestration of destiny confronts us with uncomfortable questions. If God is compassionate, and if I've been good, then how can this be happening to me? Who's wrong? Can I redefine what's a loving God or a loving mate? Are they giving us what we want or what we need? When we are in the midst of illness or tragedy, We are motivated to redefine our relationship with a loving or not so loving God. Whereas redefining human love in relationship is a conscious choice not everyone chooses to do. It feels easier to stop, uh, to just stop and start over or drop out. In his interview, Ramdas noted that in preparing for death, one prepares for the deepest mystery of the universe. Quote, you prepare so that you'll be open, curious, and not clinging to the past. You'll just be present moment by moment, unquote. This may be the key. In loving and in dying, the act of not resisting the present moment allows the soul to have its voice. It allows for the unexpected, for newness, for a chance to see things differently. In not resisting what is, an attitude of acceptance frees the energy that was previously bound 
by old expectations. Some people say if a relationship didn't work before, it won't work now because people don't change that much. Astrology would agree and disagree. Our birth charts say uh, they stay the same throughout our lives, reflecting a basic consistency. But the transits and progressions reflect our constantly changing selves as the same issues come round and round again to be dealt with in new and unique ways and with new chances to bring in the healing energies of the North Node. I believe we are constantly invited to change and reinvent ourselves. When the shattering of romantic illusions and all the small betrayals stand face to face with every real hope for peace, healing, and forgiveness, the chance for change is seductive. When I consider that my ex-lover partner has heard the hard edges of arrogance and fear in my tone of voice and feels the uneasy questions within me and is still willing to love me again, well, that's something to consider. In Latin, con means with, and sitter means from the stars. Consider. Perhaps forgiveness and reenchantment is a gift of grace from the stars. Yet I believe we have to do the work necessary to be open to that receptivity, and that doesn't come easy. So that's what I wrote so many years ago. Now we are 20 years married, happily married. So I'm going to leave you there for today, but continue on something a little bit similar to it next time. Thanks for coming by, and if you're interested in having a reading, please do connect with me at northnodeastrology.com. There's free articles and how to set up a reading and all the podcasts that you may have missed. Bye for now. <laughs>